Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Well, hello and welcome to episode 35 entitled The Goodness of God. April is all about goodness in our Fruit Pursuit Mastermind and on this podcast. And so I am looking forward to sharing four different episodes over the course of the next month, all about different aspects of the goodness of God, how to tap into the good life, what it really looks like to be an example of God's goodness to others. So I hope you'll be tuning in to the next four weeks as we go on this journey together. And of course, we're going to start off with the example, the goodness of God. How does he portray goodness? Because that's what we're trying to model to the rest of the world. And as we're jumping into this subject, you know, I think it's interesting the timing that this is coming along where our our world is completely different today than it was a month ago. <laughs> Um, and people are currently in their homes and doing things very differently. And there's a lot of change in the economy and the, in the world and, and a lot of sick people, um, a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of grief. And so I think that it's really timely to focus on the goodness of God. I was thinking about this the other day, recognizing that, our tendency to, when we think about the goodness of God, a lot of times we just try to decide what we think about whether or not God is good based on our experience and what we see around us and the circumstances and the pain that things have caused and, or the pain that we see others going through difficult circumstances. And we, we take our experience and our understanding of those experiences and all of those emotions around those circumstances to, and we take that and we determine then whether or not God is good, you know, and that is, that is us using our experience and our understanding as the bottom line, which unless, unless you are God (laughs) or I am God, That's a really shaky bottom line to start from. And I'm reminded of the verse that talks about how faith is the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Not that he might be, not that he could be, not that is your circumstance backs up that statement, but it's emphatic. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And so as we're beginning this episode and this month of thinking about the goodness of the Lord and how we can share that with others, I want us to come from a place, a foundation of the truth 
we're going to, we're going to need faith to believe in that truth because sometimes it doesn't line up with what we experience. But if we believe in the absolute truth of the Bible, in the, in the truth of what God says is real, whether I understand it or not, then we start with that foundation of the Lord is good. He is whether our circumstances or our understanding or our experiences seem to indicate that or not is just a sign of our inability to understand everything from the perspective of a holy creator of the universe. And so I choose to, and I hope you choose to align how you operate based on having faith that the Lord is good. So let's jump back to that Psalm 34, 8. I, I want to dig into this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. As I was thinking about this verse, about the, the idea of tasting something and seeing if it's good or not, I wonder, do you have a favorite recipe that you can always count on to be delicious every time you make it? It tastes wonderful. In fact, people in your family might look forward to you making it because it always tastes so good or you look or you find yourself craving it and maybe you you um you think about it long enough you're like, "Oh, I have got to make that." Well, I have my own recipe that way and it is a raspberry cream pie. Uh, I haven't had it in a while, but I might need to make it pretty soon here because now that I'm thinking about it, it makes me hungry. But there's this vanilla wafer crust, vanilla wafers, home homemade, crushed up, and then toasted perfectly crust. And then you mix this smooth, creamy vanilla custard layer that's both rich and sweet and um, and uses like half and half. So it's extra creamy. And then you top it off with fresh homegrown raspberries cooked in sugar into a saucy sugary goodness that gets spread all over the top. And you mix it with fresh berries so that it's still really, um, like you get the freshness of the berries in there, but you also have that thick glaze that's mixed in with it. You chill it in the fridge and then eat it cold and it is delicious every time. It's got that perfect combination of crunch and creaminess and richness, sweetness, but also the tart of the raspberries. And so it cuts the sweet just that perfect amount. And every time I have eaten one of those pieces of pie, Oh, it's just, it's just a piece of heaven. And so as I was thinking about if I was going to come up with something that tasted like the Lord is good, it would be like a piece of that raspberry pie. And yet as I consider it, I notice that God's goodness actually tastes way better than that. So maybe your thing isn't raspberry pie. Maybe you've got a different thing that is your favorite thing that you love to cook that is just amazing, or you know something that your family really likes. I want you to picture that in this particular, um, this particular situation and see if you, what you think about these different areas that I think God's like tasting the goodness of God is actually better than whatever that favorite recipe is you have. 
So the first difference between a taste of that raspberry cream pie and the goodness of God is that not everybody likes raspberry pie. In fact, I have a friend that pretty much hates all fruits and vegetables, and she is definitely not a fan of the raspberry cream pie. She doesn't want raspberries. She doesn't want strawberries. She doesn't want it made with blueberries or any kind of berries (laughs) or any kind of fruit whatsoever. And don't try to substitute some sort of vegetable dish instead. It's not going to work. She doesn't like it at all. But in Psalm 145, verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. And so I'm comforted by the fact that his goodness is equally available to men, to women, to adults, to children, to the healthy, to the sick. In fact, it says over all he has made to the trees, to the plants, to the animals, to the rocks, to the, to the sun and the stars and the, like his goodness is present to all. I don't understand how all that works, especially when we set that up against how things are difficult in our lives and circumstances are hard and there's pain and death and suffering. But I start with the truth of the Bible and base everything else on that and try to understand it from that perspective that this is true. Now, how do these other things come into alignment with that truth? And I wonder if, you know, the Lord says that we're going to have suffering and yet his goodness is present and we can find it in different circumstances. We can see him helping us. We can, we can see him causing us to grow. We can see his mercy available and him meeting us in different situations if we're willing to look for it. So, um, so that's my encouragement. It's not the other way around. Now, I apologize for the noise in the background. Uh, I have six kids doing uh, public homeschooling right now, and that's the pencil sharpener. But um, so we're doing the best we can in this situation. But um, but the Lord's goodness is still present, and it's present and it's available to everyone. Just like in Psalm one forty five verse nine, it says, "The Lord is good to all." The second way that that pie is also subject is different is that it's subject to human error. You know. If I am cooking that pie, I might overcook the crust and then it's going to have kind of a extra crunchy flavor (laughs) and maybe slightly burnt. Or if I overcook the custard, the eggs curdle, and there's this nasty texture. If you've ever curdled custard, the eggs kind of scramble in the creaminess and it's no longer smooth creaminess. It's, it's little gloppy things all through and the texture is nasty. Or maybe you scorch the berries while while I'm stirring. If I, if I don't pay attention and I let it overcook, then I boil too much liquid out of that berry sauce. And then all of a sudden it has a scorched flavor. I could accidentally add a bad egg or leave it in the fridge too long and not eat it fast enough. That's not likely, but any of those options, I could make a mistake and it wouldn't taste very good. And yet God's goodness is something that we can count on. 
So that's the second difference. First, the Lord's good to all. Second, his goodness is something we can count on. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I think this is a challenge to us, isn't it? That this is a place to really put the goodness of God into practice in our everyday lives and how we show that to others. I think about how Jesus suffered, and yet he still showed goodness and mercy to those around him all the days that he was living on earth. Can we do that? Am I being an example of God's goodness in everything I do and say? That's a pretty tall order. It's a pretty big challenge. It it seems like a worthy goal, though. And, and who I really want to be as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a co-worker, as a as a teacher of others, as an encourager, as a leader, I want to be someone that good, that they can count on my goodness. I was thinking about different people in my life, and I'm sure you've got some that you can think of right now, especially where they just rise to the occasion so well. Do you have those people in your life? In fact, uh, one of my brothers has a reputation of jumping on a plane and coming whenever a family member is sick. If there's somebody really sick in the hospital, he puts down what he's doing and he gets on a plane and he shows up. It's, it's a reputation of goodness. I have a friend at church that has a reputation of bringing chocolate chip cookies with a meal. If somebody's having a tough time, if there's somebody sick in the Sunday school or life group class, she will bake them a meal and bring it to them or, or buy a meal and bring it to them. But it almost can always, you can almost bet that it's always going to come with chocolate chip cookies on the side. And they are some really good chocolate chip cookies. Uh, I also have a child that has a reputation of being willing to hand out unlimited hugs. And whether they're having a bad day or a good day, or I'm having a bad day, or I'm having a good day, they have a reputation of showing love by offering me a hug and it's a reputation of goodness. They're goodness reputations. Do you have a goodness reputation? I stopped and tried to think, do I actually have a good goodness reputation? Well, I have a reputation of showing up on coaching, uh, like encouraging on social media. So if you, if you see me around there, you'll know that my heart and desire is to encourage other people, serve other people, lift people up. And lately I've been doing these, um, 7 a.m. Uh, Bible times, little moment in the morning. And if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you can find those for the month of April. I'm doing those on my personal page of just, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes of reading our Bible together and, Reminding each other of who we are in Christ, just as an encouragement to get the day going. So that's a goodness reputation that I like to think that I am leaving with others. A, a goodness reputation is showing up on this podcast every single week. If you're looking for encouragement, knowing that you can count on me to bring something to encourage your heart is a goodness reputation. So what are you currently doing for your children or for your spouse or for your family or your extended family? You know, my mom has a goodness reputation of sending birthday cards, thank you notes, encouraging notes to other people. 
another friend of mine has a goodness reputation of sending cards when people are sick. Uh, my husband's been sick, and as a result, uh, he got a card in the mail from someone who is a friend of ours that regularly, I can almost always count on them to send a card when something big is happening in our life. And it's such a sweet goodness. It's it's an example of the goodness of God. So be thinking about how can you continue to develop your reputation of goodness with others. It's an example. It's us being an example and a disciple of Jesus and modeling that behavior to other people. And then number three, I think God has magical powers and he can work things for good that we weren't planning on. You know, uh, I think back to the pie, maybe you have nine people that you're trying to serve this pie to and you cut it, the, the pie is cut into eight slices and you've got this ninth person and they get a piece of stale bread. That's not so tasty. Eight people got delicious pie. One person got stale bread and they're disappointed. That's not fair. How come eight people got pie and I didn't? I got shortchanged, but that's not how God's economy works. God can use every hard thing that we go through or every unexpected thing for good. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, he works things together for good. So I don't know what you feel like you're getting in life right now, whether or not you feel like you're getting raspberry pie or you feel like you're getting a piece of stale bread. I encourage you to think about what would you equate it to? Is it lumpy soup? (laughs) Is it rotten bananas? What would you say is your current level of, of, of life and, you know, equate it to a piece of food that you can taste? Can you taste it and see that the Lord is good? The beauty of trusting in the Lord and using that as the foundation and believing that he is good is that somehow some sort of magic happens and he can take that stale piece of bread or that rotten banana feeling of life and turn it into something that tastes amazing, that it tastes of his goodness and of his grace and of his love. You know, I think back to when I was struggling with homeschooling all of my kids when I had much younger kids and they, I had seven kids in five different grades and I was trying to do it all on my own. Sometimes tasting God's goodness comes after we choose to be obedient. And so what I mean by that is that that day, a particular day where we were trying to decide what to do about school, I was having an argument with my husband and I was pretty insistent that I wanted to do something else. I didn't want to homeschool anymore. (laughs) I wanted to, I wanted to do something different at the time. And he was pretty adamant that we were going to do it anyway. And I had to let go. I had to surrender and obey and trust the Lord that he was going to work that out. I had to obey my husband and we prayed about the situation. I didn't know how I was going to homeschool all those kids. I needed help. It was too much. I felt overwhelmed. And But God was calling me to be obedient, to surrender to him, to not insist on my own way, to let him guide 
the path and trust that his way was good. It certainly didn't feel like raspberry cream pie in the moment. It felt like the stale bread. But I did. I surrendered it to him. And later that afternoon, someone act, there was another girl at the Bible school where we lived that came and said, I feel like the Lord is asking me if I'd be willing to live with you and teach your kids for this year or a couple of them in exchange for room and board. Are you willing to do that? Now, she was not in the most stable place of life, but she was willing to contribute. And God met that need. It was a sweet time. God not only met the, met the need there, but but it required obedience. It required saying yes to her at a time when I know that there are other people that might have not been comfortable with having her in our house, in their house. But we felt called. We felt like that was God's call in our life to have her there. And she did contribute to the schooling. Not only that, but I ended up having foot surgery and I was off of my feet for three months that year. You know, that's some suffering. But I can look at it that God is always good. He's always using things for my good. He he brings goodness out of everything. It's something we can always count on. He's good to all of us. And as I look back, I realize that his goodness was in those moments of suffering. He was providing a way through. He provided help for the children uh, in their schooling. He provided someone to help in the home while I had to be pretty much flat on my back for almost three months while I had foot surgery. And while those were definitely times of suffering and could, I could easily look at that like I was tasting a piece of stale bread. I don't think of it as stale bread. I think of it as the raspberry cream pie because it was an amazing, miraculous provision. We have to be willing to obey him though. We have to be willing to step out and say yes to what he calls us to do. Even when we don't understand it, we have to base our decisions on the fact that he is good not on the experience or the circumstance or the or the fear that we have of how it might turn out or how we're hoping it will turn out or the expectations that we're longing for. We have to base it on the fact that he is good, that he is working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, that he's good to all of us and that his goodness is something we can count on. So God is good to all. We can count on his goodness and he can work anything out for good. I encourage you to look for ways that you can model that goodness to the other people in your life this week and take comfort in these verses that, that he is a good, good father and is worthy of our praise, worthy of our trust, and so worthy of us being an example of him to others. I encourage you. And as a bonus, I'll throw in there that if the raspberry cream pie sounds delicious, you can go to fruitpursuitpodcast.com and click on the link for this episode, which is the goodness of God. And in the show notes, I have added the raspberry cream pie recipe. All right. So if you're hankering for making that pie, um, it's, I, I used a recipe that I found and then changed it all. So I, it's actually an original recipe of mine 
that I have that I have uh, created. And if you're hankering for that pie, you can go try it out. It's not for it's not a pie for beginners. Now, you want to have a little bit of experience in the kitchen and a little bit of patience and care as you as you build it. But it is so worth the effort. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's a way to connect with tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. That's all I have for today. I look forward to connecting with you next week. And if you are longing to have this kind of mindset be something that is naturally pops up in your brain on a regular basis, please reach out to maryaldrichcoaching.com slash apply and let me know how I can serve you best. I've got a couple of different options of, of ways that we can get busy on your mindset and having this kind of idea of the goodness of the Lord be something that you naturally exhibit because it's just a habit in your life. So let me know if you're interested in that at maryaldrichcoaching.com slash apply. Otherwise, blessings on you and your family. Um, definitely praying for my listeners and uh, I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?